0: Thank you. Welcome to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on DKPittsburghSports.com. You can always find these podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere. Podcasts are hosted. They're always free, they're always available, and they're always on point here at DKPittsburghSports.com. Remember to rate us five stars, give us positive comments, all that great stuff to uh, keep the prog- keep the platform going. Pit fans, it's a victory Sunday, and... I know we used to say that a lot during pit football season, but you haven't had as many of those in pit basketball season, even though they play a lot more. But, point being, this was a solid win for pit basketball. Now, they could have been better. There could have been less boneheaded mistakes. Namely, if oh not, Ithiel Scar, that wasn't on Ithiel, Femi Tacale. And John Hughley not trying to dap each other up after Hughley blocked a shot, and that leading to a steal that led to a three-point play. But this was a good, solid win. You saw John Hughley be who he was recruited to be. 21 points, 10 rebounds, 13 of 15 at the line, and six assists coming mostly from when he was double-teamed. You saw Ithiel Horton couldn't catch fire from beyond the three-point line, so he found other ways to be useful. Those are things he didn't do too much last year. And again, he hasn't even had really much of this year to kind of work on his game because of his suspension, but finds a way to get 17 points, 4-4 four four the line. Jamarius Burton joins him with another 17 points. That guy's been Mr. Consistency for Pitt. I think he's had like one bad game all season. And even without Mohamedou Gui, who fouled out with like 10 minutes to go in this game, they were able to find answers. William Jefferson getting five rebounds. From Unakale couldn't score a lot in this game, but he had nine rebounds, three assists, only had two turnovers, and he had two blocks They've been finding ways to get different answers, and in this game, I thought the the most impressive thing about this win, win wasn't just Hughley bullying people, wasn't just, uh, you know Otakali. it wasn't Otakali, you know, a couple. He had a really good drive on down the baseline and a dunk. It wasn't you know if it scored. It was how this team responded in the final minutes. And I wrote this at the end of my game story, but I I want to harp on this because this will tie into what I eventually talk about in the second segment of this of this show. But how many times this year have you been sitting there panicking? And I guess not this year, all the time when you're a pit fan. Panicking at the end of a game thinking, oh gosh, here comes the comeback. We're about to have the big letdown. Because it's happened. Heck, there was that stretch where they lost uh, three games by a single point in a matter of like two weeks or a week. You think back to the Virginia game where they had the collapse at the end, and Minnesota where they had the collapse at the end. And you're thinking like, man, those were some those were some tough losses to eat. Especially because they just didn't make enough plays down the stretch. But this was a game where another team, and NC State's not a good team. They're 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 bad. Which is but they're bizarrely bad because like um they they do have talent. Like that seaburn guy, he, he's on point. Allen's pretty good. Uh, Helms Hellem's can shoot the ball. I, I don't I don't know how, how how bad NC State how they got to be that bad, but they they got talent on that roster. But even when they've played not great teams, you've seen them you've seen them fold in the end when especially when the other team is hot. A lot of times that they've held teams off, that other team has been the team to miss shots or the team to not press the issue. And then Pitts not had to have to execute on the other end offensively. But in this game, they absolutely did. Pitt pushes a 6-0 run to get in the final to get to the final minute, up 5, 65 to 60. They get some stops, there's some turnovers back and forth. But then eventually the Wolfpack came a scoring. Three-pointer from Helms. But what happens, full court press, Pitt responds to it appropriately, a pass goes to John Hughley at the half court line, he comes up, no panic, waits for, there's only one defender back, it's him and him and Horton, two on one, gives it to Horton, Horton hits the layup, bing, bang, boom, big response from Pitt. But then, NC State pushes down the court in seven seconds, Just Allen hauls up a prayer three and hits it. And all of a sudden, it's a one point game. And you're thinking, uh-oh. We've been here before. What's going on? But what happens? Pickets the ball to Ithiel Horton. Makes two clutch free throws. And then I thought, and this was, this was really good coaching. As far as, you know, what you were calling. But also, really good execution and understanding what you had to do in the moment. Because all of a sudden, you see Helms... And Allen hitting their threes, which means Seaburn's probably gonna try to hit a three, and he's red hot. So instead of giving them the opportunity to hit another three, Pitt fouls him. As soon as Seabrun gets the ball at the top of the key, he's fouled. He hits both free throws. But then you're trusting yourself to have a good possession on the other end. You do, you get it to Hughley, they get the they get the foul, and they're thinking, Well, we fouled the we fouled the center. That's who you wanna foul to kind of make sure that you, you can win the uh you can hope for the best to miss, and Hughley hits both free throws. Clutch moment. And then seaburn gets the ball again, trying to get up the court, and you foul him on the floor before he could shoot with a second to go. Forcing him to have to, because they're down three at this point, to have to make one, field, one free throw, and then intentionally miss another one off the rim, and hope for a tip-in. Because there's only 1.3-ish seconds left or something like that. And bing, bang, boom, you got yourself a win. But to me, it's not just how it happened. It's the fact that they were able to execute in all of those moments. How many times have you seen Pitt fumble the ball away? How many times have you seen him just put up a bad shot, miss a layup, blow blow an assignment on defense, foul the wrong time? They didn't do that. This was a clutch moment where these guys can. These are the, again. I've always said this season is not about winning. This season, it's about building the lessons and building the character within the guys that you want to make your core moving forward. I've maintained that since before this season began. We knew this team was not going to be good, but we did. We we also knew this team had a lot of young guys who had who had years of eligibility ahead of them. That Jeff Capel, if he wants to turn this program around, he has to do with his crew. He has to find the people that he's going to hold on to and build around. And I think you're finding guys doing that. In the final three minutes, Hughley attempted four free throws, hit all four. Horton attempted four free throws, hit all four. Also hit a layup, two layups, excuse me. But you look between those two guys... Those are two of your core players. I know some people are thinking, like, Ithiel Horton? He's a core player? Yes! He was vital to this team. If, if he had not been serving a suspension that, however you feel about, you know, what, what happened with his situation and, you know, the, the Chargers being dragged out for what they were, had he not been, been been serving that suspension, this team probably has at least three or four more wins. And he has two years of eligibility on top of this season. He could be here for two more years. Hughley, Otacale, they could be here for three more years. Burton for one more year. They're learning these lessons, coming up big in clutch moments. These are the things that you wanted to see growing from Jeff Capel. Now, a lot of people call for Jeff Capel's head. A lot of people said, oh, he got to go. He's the worst coach in Pitt history. Come on. Come on. Come on. You can't, say, you can't look at Kevin Stallings and say that with a straight face. But I do think Jeff's getting results, and I do think we we saw some important things that are going to carry over into what Pitt needs to be. I'll explain that right back here on the h 2 Podcast, right after this break. Here on the H2P Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're keeping things rolling here. Like I said, it's Victory Sunday. Pit basketball got the dub. We talked about, I talked about the most impressive part of that in the last segment, but I want to talk to you about, again, I'm addressing the direction of the program. And that, that's the that's the bottom line of what this season is about. The exodus of players that happened last year, whether it was through the transfer portal, Justin Champney going to the NBA. Should have doomed this program. By all rights, it was a complete it was a complete flip flip around. Because Kevin Stallings already doomed it once, and then Jeff Capel quickly brought some talent in. They had some good moments, still couldn't put together a winning season, and then even the bones of what that team was was gone. But through all of that. Through Xavier Johnson leaving, Adiz Tony leaving, Champagny going to the NBA when people might not have expected it. Through John Hugley being suspended through most of his first year, through Ithel Horton being suspended through most of his of, of his of this year, through Nike Sabande tearing his ACL, through Jamarius Burton missing missing the first several games due to, due to his injury. And all of this happening in the time in the only time in pit basketball history where there's been the COVID nineteen pandemic. All of that, and I do think that the Pitt basketball and Jeff Cable are, is finding the bones of what will make the team that brings Pitt basketball back to being respectable. Because that's ultimately what everyone's waiting for, right? Pitt fans, you're not, you're not, you know, you're you're not sitting here saying like, oh, I, I hope next year they win an ACC championship like Pitt football did. You're 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 realistic. You know who, you know what the deal is. But you need a crew to build around. You need a crew to get you to the point that can spring you forward into those hopeful years. And I've said it before on this podcast. It's about setting the right a guy, you know, getting a group of guys that can set the right tone so that what you go and, when you go and get the talent that you want to actually win with. They're not coming in thinking that they're, "Oh, I'm the man, I'm the stuff." They're coming in saying, "Oh, wow, I got to listen to John Hughley cuz he's been around here for 4 years. I got to listen to Femi de cuz he's been around here for 4 years." There's challenges to this stuff that I got to reach there's a style of basketball that I gotta work to be part of rather than trying to establish it on my own, which is what Xavier Johnson and Tony did. And Trey McGowan's, but of course, you know, he's been gone. But I truly think with the way that Hughley responded in this game, I was starting to get concerned for Hughley because this is his first full year playing, yes. But in those games against Virginia Tech, man, it was rough. He was looking like a shell of himself. He didn't understand how to beat double teams. He wasn't seeing through the double teams. He, he was looking beat. And there was the concern that maybe he needs to – maybe he, maybe can he grow through for this? Can he learn from these losses? Can he learn from how teams are trying to take him away and learn how to beat that in the future? And NC State tried to do it. They, they were double teaming him. They were denying him the ball as much as they could and they were doing a good job from trying to screen him from being able to see the open man that they were leaving wide open that was the easier bucket but Hughley saw through all of that six assists a career high double what he's ever done in a basketball game and you know at, at college level I truly think that that's a result of Jeff Capel keeping the consistent message. And, and I, I know people. some people might be thinking, well, okay, well, what did Jeff Capel say? What did he do? It wasn't that Jeff Capel changed up anything. It's that he's been consistently conveying the message to Hughley. But what I think a lot of people don't realize about coaching is that coaching a lot of is setting the right tone and setting the bar for your players to meet that, to meet your challenge. And then... Seeing what they need to do, you know, seeing how they how you know encouraging them and seeing how they do meet the challenge. That's a lot of how Mike Thomas works. It's not, you know, run a lap if you don't make the shot. It's not it's not like that. It's pushing the same message each week, saying, hey, this is what I know you can be be this. So you gotta grow into this. And when they see it and they hear it and they keep seeing it and they keep hearing it and they keep seeing where you're consistent as a coach and they're not being consistent as a player, that helps them find a point of reference to get there. And that's what John Hewley, I think, had. He even said as much. I, I just, I'm listening to what coach is saying and it just started to click a little bit more for me. There's bones to that team if John Hughley can continue to grow like that. There's bones to that team if Femi Otacali can continue to grow like he has. You know, a few weeks ago after a game, he told us, hey, like, you know, the team told me I was letting I was let you know I was letting people down, and I said I wouldn't do that again. And even in the games where he hasn't scored a lot of points, Femi is di- distributing the basketball, opening up opportunities for others, playing defense, getting rebounds, blocking shots. That's progress. Whereas last year, if, if Femi wasn't scoring, Femi wasn't helping you much. And again, like I said before, Horton finding ways to score, even if it's not him being a sharpshooter from outside. People are contributing. All three of those guys will at least be here for another two years, barring they both go to the NBA, transfer all that nonsense. That's tough to... That's You can't predict for that. But what you can predict for is saying, hey, you're finding main contributors, and you know how much eligibility they have left, and you can work with that. And that doesn't even include Jamarius Burton, who does have another year of eligibility left. It doesn't include Jeffress, who... Has good effort, and good spurts, but man, that guy needs to figure out how to score. It doesn't in- include Noah Collier, who I do think is coming along as a as a potential good backup guy off the bench, big man. And it also doesn't include guys like Nate Santos and Chris Payton, who maybe someday can turn into something for for you as a role player, as a shooter, as a dunker. And of course, the transfer portal, because I remind people, Wake Forest. You know, we saw how they beat Pitt this year. Wake Forest was terrible last year. Steve Forbes hit the transfer portal hard, got four dudes in there, built around the two guys that stuck around his program, and all of a sudden they're competing to be a part of the ACC picture. It really don't take as much as I think people uh, you know or maybe believe it that it does. It All it takes right now is for this group to continue to grow together. And the way that they're talking, you know, John Hughley, he's not talking about hoping or wishing or anything, he even said it's not about hope, it's about heart. Because he knows it's it's not going to come down to things that are outside of your control. It's not about making excuses for yourself and, and, and losing control of how you actually get there. Who knows? To, for Pitt to get from where it is now to where they want to be, it's going to take a lot of hard days of practicing, of working, of fighting through your frustrations. It's going to take a lot of hard fought games to learn those lessons, to grow, to go back in the film room and see what you did, that you did, you did well, then you didn't do well, and correct that. And then each and every day you keep setting that tone. But it seems like these guys get that message, and that is the coaching job that you're asking of Jeff Capel. You're not asking him to just go out and get the Efton Reeds, though it would be nice to get Efton Reeds. But you but you know, you're not you're you're the realistic goal for for this for this program right now is take these guys that they're having, continue to grab guys like that who buy in, get them to buy in, establish a brand of basketball, and then make that pit basketball moving forward. That's what Ben Hallen did. Ben Hallin didn't come in with three five star recruits. They balled, they fought, they outworked people. And eventually, they became the Brandon Knight-led team that you that everyone knew and loved at the time. But that's Jeff Capel's goals, and I'm and, and I'm not I'm not just making stuff up here. I truly believe the bones of that team that you're hoping for, Pit fans, are on this roster right now. And something that Jeff said after the game, because he mentioned, "We've got guys who want to play for each other." We've got guys who aren't concerned if other guys are getting their shine. And when he said something, he said that, I was like, huh, wait, what? Because that sounds, you know, he's the guys that are happy for each other. I believe that's what the phrase that he used. And that sure seemed a lot like a subtle but loud nod to the problems that last year that we knew what it was, Xavier Johnson Audis, Tony didn't like that Justin Champagne came up in their team and took it over. And that led to friction, and that friction led to blow-ups, and those blow-ups led to the exodus. But that's not happening right now. Guys are happy to see each other win. Guys, you know, they want to see success for themselves, but they understand that they got to get success as a team. And they're buying in. And that's the bones of what Jeff Capel's trying to build. And I know there's people that always hop in the, the pit co- comment section on DKPittsburghSports.com after a pit loss and says, "Oh, Jeff Capel's the worst coach." In his I mean, again, in this year he has five ACC wins. That's more than Kevin Stallings had in his entire tenure. And again, these kids are fighting. They're believing. That's why Heather like said last week when I talked to her jeff is jeff, jeff got these kids believing in him and believing in themselves and if they're doing that that's the build of how to make a successful basketball program you need talent too but i think john hughley's developing the talent i think if horton's developing the talent in the chemistry i think Femi to developing the talent in the chemistry and you got jamarius burton And if you can get Noah Collier or William Jeffers to wake up and become a better contributor, maybe Nate Santos, get a guy or two in the transfer portal, hello, you're right in the mix. And again, that's still down the line. That's still next year. You're still talking about building forward, but that's, again, they're finding themselves. They got five more regular season games and then the ACC tournament. Let them finish strong, even if they don't win these games. Let them finish strong. Learn, you know, be, be have something to hold on to to say, hey, if we could be this team, if we could be the team that we know we could be next year and continue to build on what we put together this year. There's something that we could proud to say is pit basketball. But the bones are there. Now they got to put the meat on it. That's what we have for you here on the H2P podcast today. I'm Chris Carter, your host right here every Sunday on the DKPittsburghSports.com podcasting platform. We hope that you're having a great weekend. We hope you have a fun Super Bowl Sunday. Rams, Bengals, that should be a, a fun one. Steelers fans, don't root for the Bengals. You're better than that. You know, you know, those are the same fans that threw trash at your quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. Don't you do it. But I also will brag real quick. This is now the third of four years that we've done staff picks and this will be the third of four uh, excuse me third, we've done the staff picks for four years is the third of the fourth years that I've come in first place it's already clinched it's already done I'm the man Dale Lawley's coming first place twice I think Tom Reed's coming first place once I have the most I am unstoppable when it comes to the staff picks I pick the Rams even if they don't win I'm still coming in first place because I've established myself already Anyways, I did a little bit of trash talking there. Thanks for listening to the HTB podcast. We appreciate you guys checking us out. Leave us a five star rating, or a positive comment on our DKPittsburghSports.com platform. Check out all of our shows all week long. DK's Daily Shots firing back up Monday. He'll get you his thoughts on all things Steelers, Penguins, Pirates right here for free. Stay tuned. I'm Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. I'll get you all your stuff there. Be sure to check out all of our great content at DKPittsburghSports.com.